big blue button, I should be live. You should be able to hear me. Hello, chat. Hello, everyone. Uh, I've got a cold cup of tea because I made myself a lovely cup of tea, which I have to say was delicious. It's just where you've got a little bit of tannin. Ooh. Just enough that the first sip takes the bitter edge off it and the rest of the tea is just... You know exactly what type of cup of tea I'm talking about. Just when the rest of it is just, you know, perfectly flavoursome and fragrant and delicious. Mm, just marvellous. Um, but it's cold because I made it and got distracted uh, by setting up, desperately, rapidly setting up rail nutter. I've had fun all day designing a depot. So um, I've been having a tremendous fun day job times. Um, but... Uh, it meant that I had no time at all to do any of the things I was supposed to do, including the thing I was supposed to do yesterday evening, which is, anyway, it's fine. So, oh, how are you, how are you all doing? You're all well. Uh, hello, hello, hello. It's rail natter time. It's uh, whale natter. Yes, it's the second Welsh rail natter in a row. Uh, it's always good, right? Tinyao and everyone, you're well. Uh, yeah, good, good. I get my, um, if I, I end up going a bit Welsh, if I get get too distracted thinking about being Welsh uh, yeah I, I, I get slightly like code shifted to getting a bit more Welsh when I'm down in, in like Aberystwyth it definitely happens well I haven't been for hello to all Aberystwyth friends I haven't seen for ages I miss you a lot anyway right enough of waffling uh, let's crack on shall we because everyone's saying you can hear I'm not telling you what depot sorry everyone because hashtag absolutely cannot tell you that otherwise I'd have to kill you all oh, so uh, no, uh, no COVID numbers tonight because uh, I didn't have time to pull the stats up, and, and I think to be honest, it, it, it's not going to tell us anything new. Let's wait until they start pitching upwards again. So, 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 right. Um, next, <laughs> people are pointing out that ADHD is is like hot drinks getting cold is a classic symptom of ADHD. Yes, can confirm. Right, the news. Um, Benelli Viaduct is is mostly uh, has mostly been reopened for people to plod across, which is nice, and cycle across. I, I say mostly because it's only you can only access one half of it um, easily. The other half, I think, there are stairs to get off it, but you can't get your bike down it very easily because it would cost like an extra four hundred grand, basically the best part of half a million quid to build a thing that would safely get you up to the level of the viaduct at the other end. So um, mostly reopened. Uh, definitely something to go and visit. It's fantastic. Uh, structure. I, I just want to go and look at it. It's brilliant. Obviously featured twice in um, the architect of the railways built, which is nice. Uh, so uh, yeah, that, that's nice. It's good. The Iron Giant has mostly reopened. Marvelous. Just for those who aren't familiar, it's it's just it's a fantastic example of uh, lattice sort of uh, trestle structure with with these sort of cast and wrought iron. It's cast like cast. I think the the support supports are like properly old cast iron stuff. It's just glorious. Anyway, it's just it's a glorious structure. Uh, it's been very carefully and lovingly restored um, for people to kind of safely get across. Brilliant. Go and look at it. Send pictures. Um, oh, yes. It's just some absolute king shit for the news here, which is um, the, one of the most bizarre collabor like fashion collaborations, but just made perfect by the presence of uh, our special, special boy, uh, Francis Bourgeois. Here he is. Uh, anyone who hates on Francis... Uh, send them in my direction and I'll sock him one because I just so wholesome. They're so they're like they're particularly on Facebook, less on Twitter. But actually, I go into the replies to tweets that that, that Francis is relate like popular tweets that Francis is mentioned in, and I have to open them in a way that means that I can go past all the blocks because invariably there are people who have blocked me 
who are just there hating on him. In fact, there are two or three accounts in particular that just find every Francis tweet they can and they just send bile and hatred. Um, those people can go to hell uh, because it's just people who are butthurt that he is absolutely cracked making uh, train culture and railway culture and, and railway enthusiasm culture massively into the mainstream in a way that no one else ever has succeeded in doing. Um, and and not doing and not in the way that I do, like by talking about engineering and sort of contextualizing the politics, or just by raw train spotter enthusiasm, um, and all power to him. Lots of love for this this guy. For anyone who doesn't know who Francis is, go search Francis Bourgeois. Um, there's a video. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a little article you can go on to. There's this ridiculous. Oh, the ridiculous fashion collaboration is the North Face that make. Uh, what used to be high quality and is now fairly cheap uh, outdoor kit and Gucci. <laughs> a Gucci, I am a Gucci, uh, as everyone knows from the film. Uh, how is he? How on earth is he being nominated for awards off that performance? Aye, worse than Pacino. Uh, anyway, sorry, I, I digress horribly. Um, yeah, uh, just so, it, and the fact there's a collaboration between the North Face, Gucci, and Francis is just mind blowing. I love it. I just absolutely love it. Um, everything about this is joyous. So those gatekeepers who think that the form of train spot, like that, don't like that Francis has made it popular, uh, do one. Um, so just all the love for Francis. What else is in the news? Well, I generally start with happy stuff and then go downhill. Um, the, the, the very light train, the, the, the VLR is back in the news again, this time with a different vehicle. I'm getting more confused because I thought, so there's this thing, which is the, v, which is the, the Revolution VLR, which it's, it, that's a, this is a tr- thing, but also this thing is clearly also a thing. But is this just a mock-up that's actually going to turn into this, or is this a separate thing? I've got lost. I don't know. Uh, I... I <laughs> I've been asking for them to come and appear, and it kind of it's on again. I forget. I think they're because they're busy, and it's kind of a bit, it's clearly a bit politically fractious as well. But please, if you have, if, if, if the Coventry people in the VLR, Coventry VLR people, I want to talk to you for a rail natter. Come and find me. I've been emailing you and then getting nowhere. Like I kind of get replies, and it's like, yeah, yeah, definitely, and then and then I hear nothing. Please, I, I want to talk. I want to tell everyone about what's going on. But yes, for those who are pointing out, this looks like a pod. So there's a bit of a discussion happening on the Twitters about what this is um, and how this is classified. So th- there are two things here. I don't know. So this, this is a people mover. This is also a people mover, but this is more like a streetcar people mover, whereas this is a light rail people mover, like a parry people mover. These are two different things. Streetcar is like a one vehicle old fashioned. It's like an updated snazzy version of the San Francisco streetcars, like the old, the, the really old one car trams which don't have very good capacity, but they are very light and fairly straightforward. This is just like a Parry People Mover, which has, like, you, you use a knackered railway and you put these on it and, and run them back and forth. These are different. I'm confused as to what's going on, and I've, I've got lost. So uh, the VLR people come and tell me what's going on. Now, this thing here has just got little wheels. So th- there's this one, which is just basically a, an update of, of the Pacer. It's, it's a bit of like an update of the Pacer concept of, of a very, very light vehicle, except that it's got bogies. They've actually gone for standard um, freight bogies at this one. To avo- I said this last time, didn't I? I just nicked this off the news in the past. Uh, they, they've used standard freight bogies to avoid doing too many new things all at once, but the actual body shell is very light per, per metre of length, um, or per passenger, if you like, per seat. 
Um, uh, but this is something totally different. This thing is just looks like a looks like a kind of a it looks like a people move. It looks like an airport transport. I don't I don't know anyway. But it's been the news again, uh, and it's again it's a rehashed pressy, which I never like. Ugh. Stop doing stop doing transport presses without interrogating them. The BBC is particularly bad for this because the BBC is getting stripped of funding constantly. Anyway, VLR. What else in the news? Uh, they, they, we always go downhill on this. So so. Um, government pays polluters billions. It's in. It's been in court. Um, uh, the, 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 it's been lost in court. Basically, government was taken to court over the fact that it spent has since the Paris Agreement has paid fossil fuel companies fourteen billion pounds in subsidies, de facto subsidies. Um, and the the challenge, the court challenge, was that should be illegal given the Paris Agreement. Um, the court found that that wasn't the case because obviously they were, but. Um, they did in the in the process of that court case it, beca- it it became public record that government does indeed pay polluters billions that was accepted as true in court so uh, mixed blessings out of this one um, all credit to the to the campaigners who are getting involved in this really good kind of really yeah it's there's a mixture of like XR people get involved like this feels like a positive thing fine it's raising awareness yeah, yeah. but also lots of people who are kind of XR adjacent or non XR getting involved in this lots of young people it's good stuff um so, government pays polluters billions. Uh, on the flip side, obviously, government is hiking rail fares again. Here's Louise Hay. Uh, not making this up. The rail minister claimed a... Bru- Hay or Haig? Louise, I speak to you a lot. I, I, I can never remember which it is. Uh, people in the chat, correct me. Um, anyway, so... Uh, oh, there's lots of chat going on. Lots of red names have appeared. No, no, it's not going in a vacuum tube. Don't worry about that. It's fine. Um... Right. Yes, sorry. Uh, yeah, there's going to be a 3.8% fare hike again. Uh, and this bizarre claim that it will make rail travel more attractive because at least it wasn't 4.8%. Utterly bizarre. Uh, just as, I've, as I keep pointing out, this government is just hostile to uh, solving climate change, actively hostile. Uh, 2022 is going to be the year where the, the, the cross-party consensus on climate action disappears, by the way. So look forward to that. Um, so, what else is in the news? Oh, yeah, so if we're talking about government and its act- attitude to rail in particular, uh, don't buy any of their reverse beaching bullshit because um, they, you know, as an example of the only line that they... All the reverse beaching stuff so far has just been dusting grass off an, a railway that's still been there already, essentially. Um, that's a slight exaggeration, but it is, to all intents and purposes, that is the case. Whereas anywhere where th- that requires actual physical work, um... Uh, for example, the Portishead, the reinstatement of the line to Portishead, which has been knocking around for years and years and years, um, is still not happening because government has very little interest in it. Um, and, and obviously that means that people who like busways um, are suggesting, oh, don't do a railway, do a busway. Like, well, no, don't do a busway. It should just be a railway. Fine. It's Bristol. It's a massive city. It should have an electrified suburban railway network. Come on. Anyway, uh, so the idea of that, you know, it just shows that any idea of, of reverse beaching, as the Tories keep claiming they're doing, being anything other than a the nastiest and most cynical of taglines, um, just 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 call it out, call it out, folks. Ah, right, that's the end of the news. So last time we were talk, we were talking last time to to Becca, to Rebecca Wilts, who was a fantastic guest. Thanks so much, Rebecca, for coming on. Um, and we 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 brought this tweet up from Mick. Uh, and uh, Mick was saying uh, he's a Labour Assembly member 
And he was saying, uh, well, the key line in here is actually this one. The, the one that angers me most is this line. I'm going to play his video that he put up later on, which is less less irritating. But this this line here, this this line kind of between there is basically there is absolutely no credible argument that HS2 directly benefits Wales. Well, okay, there's there's the, the get out of jail free card is this one here, which is the word directly. But this is nonsense. Like there are direct benefits from HS2 for Wales, and the whole point of this episode is going to be exploring it. Um, exploring why, um, I, 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 but but perhaps less on the technical explaining why, as some people might hope. Although chuck your questions at me this whole time, um, uh, and I'll try and pick them up. But it's going to explore the context of the question, the context. So it's going to expand on on the discussion that that, that Rebecca and I had at the end of the episode about the, the the political context for this. We're going to talk about the Barnett formula. We're going to talk about um, unionism versus. Uh, you know, uh, nationalism in the kind of the, the less fash sense. We're just going to kind of explore this all. Uh, yeah, sorry, I'm highlighting things. There's there's a, there's a red uh, squiggle, which you'll see appearing. There's a red squiggle, and uh, it's been drawn uh, here, there, uh, in that area. Yeah, you'll see me scribbling. Um, so yes, um, we're going to explore that. Uh, so this tweet is essentially, and and all the discussion that happened um, is. I'm presuming, but I don't. I've, I've not come across Mick before. I'm presuming Mick has plenty of good things to say. Welsh Labour, like, not perfect, but they're, as far as I can tell, they're a much more robust force than any other Labour kind of structure within the UK. Like they're doing better than the, the National Labour Party. They are. They exist compared to Scottish Labour. You know, so so Mick's probably got plenty of good stuff to say. But on this, he's playing into. He's playing. He's, he's kind of making his own bed in on the, and there's a risk that he's going to have to lie in it, and, and we're going to explore why in tonight's episode of Rail Matter. City 225 fades away. Oh, let's, uh, let's, before we, before we kick off, let's, let's just do a, a bit of a brief addendum because, uh, I'm going to go big face here. Hello, hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Um, the big news, obviously, is, is, is not news at all, and I don't think it's going to happen, which is about Boris being, uh, pushed off a cliff by the rest of the Conservative Party. I'll believe it when I see it. Um, Oh, people are asking if there's any chance of Professor Mark Berry coming on and defending himself. I don't think there's need to. I don't want it to become a tit for tat. We'll we'll get on to to, to Professor MB in a, in, a, in a, later on. Anyway, big face was just to say, I don't care what happens to Boris. I, I I kind of want to enjoy it, but I'm enjoying it less than all the chaos that was happening under Theresa May, to be honest. So, um, there's just the miserable idea that if he goes, someone reasonably more malevolent and competent will appear afterwards. So I, I'm getting no pleasure from the chaos. So we're going to just park park the chaos. We're also going to park Big Face. Oh, so right. HS2, right? Uh, yes. Uh, people are asking if I've. Oh yeah, my fingernail. <laughs> oh yeah, this episode and last episode. Uh, no, big shout out to Georgia who did my nails a couple of weeks ago, and uh, and uh, but it's sadly wearing off. It says wearing off, which is a bit of a shame. Um, she did a very good job, particularly on the green. She did a fantastic job on the green. It's really, really nice, even coat. 
that's now uh, wearing off quite quite nicely, quite quite pretty. Anyway, um, sorry, yeah, big. Let's go back to small face again. HS2. So, oh, let's very perhaps it's worth very very briefly reminding ourselves about what HS2 was before the IRP butchered at it. Um, uh, uh, because uh, Matt Reed just asked a question about HS2 relieving east the eastern leg. Uh, hmm, we'll get there in a second. So, here is. Here is uh, a fairly sizable chunk of, of England, largely the Midlands and the south part of the north, plus all of, well, almost all of Wales. We've chopped Barry and, and Penarth off, but never mind. Um, uh, and obviously skipping out the, the southwest. But there's, there's a chunk of England and, and most of Wales here. Um, and here's HS2. Here's HS2 phase one, London to Birmingham. HS2 phase 2A, going up to Crewe. Um, phase 2B, the western leg, connecting Manchester, and actually this bit, the IRP has got rid of this. This is gone now. Bye-bye. The Goldburn link is gone, so now it, now it's going to rely on... Uh, well, this is going to be this bit, and, and, and they've got rid of... Oh, I'm doing green on red again. I'm scribbling up here, and I've scribbled out this bit. So this this bit up here, the Goldburn link is gone uh, out of the IRP. Thanks, IRP. Anyway, uh, and also then... Um, the eastern leg, which, as we know, has has gone as well. So to answer your question, um, Matt, um, it, now that the eastern leg has gone, no, the east coast main line will get uh, no relief whatsoever um, by HS2. So all of the benefits that you get on the east coast main line are now gone, totally gone. IRP has, has killed those off. Uh, and then obviously NPR, which is gone as well. Uh, so thanks, IRP. But if we consider this, this is the kind of the overall map of what it should have looked like. Um, there we are. Um, there we are. That's just that bit there. Uh, if we imagine what it should have looked like, which is before they chopped it back to this, um, then you can see that there, there's HS2. That's what it does. It, it provides capacity release on. Uh, actually, I'm going to change. Let, let me let me change pen color here. It's not just not good enough, is it? Pointer options. Let's let's go for it. Let's go for a nice. Let's go for like a nice light blue. Will that work? Will that be nice and clear? How's this going to be? Nope, that's completely impossible. Let's go for a. Let's go for a yellow, shall we? Pointer options. Let's go for a nice, a nice yellow. Yeah, how's that going to work? Is this nice and visible? Let's see. Yeah, that's better. So, uh, obviously, the original was providing capacity release um, down the, the East Coast Main Line. So, there's the East Coast Main Line doing its thing there. There's the East Coast Main Line, uh, Hartford Loop, not, not Hartford Loop. That's the East Coast. So, that's the East Coast Main Line uh, and the Middle Main Line as well. Um, so, that's the Middle Main Line doing that, and then that, and then this, and then this, and that. Uh, and also that, and then up there, and then golly, it's a mess through the old Sheffield, and then, and then through there, and then, and then da, 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 da. so that's the, the the MML which it provides capacity release on, and then obviously the, the West Coast Main Line as well uh, along here. So um, actually, the West Coast Main Line going like this, the uh, the and then uh, which way does it go? I can't remember which one is the main one, and then it goes. And Trent Valley actually does this, but also the the, the non-Trent Valley bit does this. Uh, there we go. And then sort of this into crew, and then it also does this like that. Whew. Uh, and then and then uh, and then onwards, and then kind of north of here, no release. But the point is that that's the, okay. That's the West Coast Main Line, West Coast Main Line. So you get the release on whichever this. I can't remember which end, which side it is there. Uh, whichever release you get, um, uh, you know. The pre-IRP plan provides capacity release on these three north-south main lines and basically everything connecting to them because invariably the services, that uh, freight and passenger services that, that are connecting on all these, all these sort of bits, all the sort of the bits, the connecting bits, all also get relief 
because they run through major junctions or, or stations. Uh, so you get this trickle-down of release capacity that has just not been modelled, really, to any great detail. There's been some element of modelling on, on phase one between Birmingham and London. There has been limited attempts to model what release capacity might look like. But to be fair, you can only there's only so much you can model because phase one doesn't do much more than just adding a pair of fast lines on the West Coast Main Line, let's face it. Um, so, so that bit has had some level of modelling but the reason I'm scribbling all of this is because because that is how nebulous these benefits trickle in all, all over the place. And that's what's really important to remember in this episode is that those benefits trickle all over the place, all over the place, all, all, da, 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 trickling all over the place, absolutely everywhere. Because of those that release in the big stations, which in turn releases bottlenecks that cause delays and impacts to reflect around the whole network, a network that is not very resilient at the moment. So trickly, trickly, trickle. What about Wales? So, um, so the UK government is investing just under a hundred billion pounds in HS2 rail infrastructure from London to Birmingham. Now, out of that funding, we should be entitled to our population share of five percent, which is five billion. Scotland is getting ten billion, but because the UK Tory government says that the line from London to Birmingham is going to benefit Wales. Uh, I can't see how that happens. Uh, we are therefore to get nothing from them. So all we're asking for is our fair share of the investment that is available for rail infrastructure for Wales. So I don't actually disagree with anything in that video, other than the idea that it doesn't. You know, there's no benefit to... to he kind of alludes to... to to it less it's more explicit in his tweet he just alludes to the idea of there not being direct benefit in the, in the video i actually don't disagree with any of that and we're going to kind of unpick this because the whole point is that i don't is is in this hs2 versus wales false argument is that you is that you end up fighting that battle rather than fighting the proper argument to be made which is that Wales does not have remotely a fair share of, of funding for, of, of, for transport at all. Just that there is not remotely a fair amount of funding for transport in Wales. Not not even close. This this is uh, hopefully I'm going to unpick that in this episode. Um, so it's not going to be about the specifics of what benefits there are. Although I will go through that in some kind of a bit of detail. But it's not going to be about that because I, I think that I think you can make the case better by actually unpicking that video a bit in relation to Barnet consequentials. Than, um, than than actually looking at the specific details of what what particular capacity release you get, but I, I will look at that. Don't worry. So, and so that, so so I've already talked about this tweet and, and why this tweet less than the video. The video I don't mind so much. The, 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 as I say, most of what's in the video I, I agree with. Um, there are there are there are some falsehoods in there. So the the first falsehood is the idea, and I've seen it repeated. I'm not going to directly address this falsehood. Well, I am. I just don't have a slide for it because I forgot to put it in. It's a constantly repeated nonsense, which is um, that HS2 is taking away funding from Welsh Transport, which is bollocks. It is just not a correct argument in much the same way as HS2 is not taking money away from the existing railway network. It isn't. Government is deciding not to spend money. But no, at no point does government sign off a cheque that says the headline amount of, of, of a project's capital. All the government does is spends a certain amount on a load of bits and pieces every year. But it signs off a certain amount. So for HS2, it might be two, might be three billion, 
for network rail, it's four, five, six, seven billion, you know, total expenditures between five and seven billion, depending on how many capital projects are going on for network rail. You know, cross rail is signed off a certain amount of money. You know, central government is 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 signing off the annual amount essentially, the amount that's rolling out of out of Treasury's coffers, even though that also isn't how it works, actually. Uh, it doesn't happen that there's a pile of money that gets siphoned off and sent away. That isn't how it works. But at no point is there a hundred billion check being signed off. And so the argument that Wales is losing money as a result of it. That, that, that's just immediately... I'm not going to even get a slide because it's an as an argument, it's a false argument. We're just, we're just ignoring it. It's just a nonsense argument. Don't make it. If you're making that argument, as some as someone who followed me on Twitter and is ostensibly a transport professional, but I've muted because you're a pain in the backside, stop saying that I... Stop, stop using Trump-style tweets. I'm looking at you, person who was tweeting earlier. Um, stop doing that <laughs> because... Uh, you are misleading people by saying that HS2 has no benefit for Wales, as I'm going to point out. Anyway, stop waffling. Uh, oh, uh, political context is key. So go back. If you haven't already, go back and watch, uh, watch episode 96, particularly the last section, which is uh, the Cardiff versus Westminster section, and why HS2 has become a bit of a battleground. Um, we'll wait. Everyone, are you willing to wait for people to go back and watch that? Yeah, let's do that. Have you watched it? Good. Excellent. Thanks for watching that. Right, so let's talk about this chap here. Joel Barnett, uh, who died a few years ago. Um, Joel Barnett. Now, what did Joel Barnett give us? Well, in um, in 1978, uh, we had the Labour government, and we were coming up to... Did we? Yeah, we did. We were coming up to... Uh, well, we were coming up to the demise of said government, but also we were, we had this thing, we were increasing devolution, and there was... Uh, we knew that this was happening in 1979, there was going to be a push for more devolution, um, and... Uh, this, I mean, this this buoyed English nationalism, which probably helped Thatcher a bit in '79. But also, um, there was a bit of a panic. It's like, uh, uh, well, what are we going to do about funding? How are we going to work out who, you know, if we're spending, if there's devolution and we're spending, we're divvying up funding powers, we we need to kind of work out a way to divvy up fund. If we're spending money in Scotland, we probably need to then spend an equivalent amount of money as part of the devolution settlement in Northern Ireland or in Wales, and and, and vice versa. So, so um, Joel Barnett came up with a formula, uh, and it's called the Barnett formula. And the Barnett formula is um, uh, dubious at best, but it's a load of sort of snarly percentagey calculations to, <laughs> to 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 result in the result of the formula gives you a consequential, which is a f an amount of funding that the parts that aren't getting the the, the original funding get off the back of said original funding to, to justify the devolution settlement, to, to kind of satisfy the requirements of the devolution settlement. Now, what of the Barnett formula? Well, uh, some quotes. Timothy Edwards in 2001 uh, pointed out that there is no legal standing or democratic justification for the Barnett formula. I dare say he did. He might well have done that from the point of view of... Um, uh, no, no, no. Actually, this was done for the for the House of Commons libraries. So that would have been done from a position of, of, of a non-partisan position. No legal standing or democratic justification. Uh, who else can we get to quote uh, to, to get a quote for, for what the, the Joel, uh, what uh, the Barnett formula is? Oh, Joel Barnett himself in 2014 called the Barnett formula a terrible mistake. The Barnett formula is a political tool that can be twisted to whatever the incumbents in Westminster decide they want to do with it. There is no there is no legal framework for it. It's, it's if you like, a gentleman's agreement. And as we know, there is no such thing as a gentleman in Britain. So, uh, certainly not in British politics. So, <clears throat> the idea that this thing is a, 
a valid basis for deciding on what funding should be going to different parts of the country is is really problematic. Whale, and 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 we can see that this 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 whole this whole episode is going to explain why that you know give one small example of the failures of the Barnet uh, formula, but it goes for so many other things as well. Um, so yeah, exactly. It's based on population, not need, and population is not a way to decide on. You know, population is not a way to decide on how much investment um, places get. It really is not. Um, that's you know, that's a self fulfilling prophecy. If you if you invest in only high den- high, popula- high population density areas, uh, you're go- it's going to be greatly at the expense of of, of the regions, uh, as we have seen and continue to see. So, ah, yeah. And for context, let's jump to the fact. Let's remind ourselves that at the moment we have a government that is panicking about increased uh, increased. Uh, sentiment for the breakup of the UK. The, the United Kingdom as a concept is doomed, uh, rightly so, and the Union Connectivity Review uh, is, for transport, was an attempt at pulling it back together and going, ah, but, you know, if we make transport better, then people are going to have more uh, of a pro-union sentiment than they do now, which I think is uh, flawed and way over-optimistic. Um, uh, Simon Wadsworth is pointing out the funny thing is that due to an error in population for Scotland it means that they get a bigger bonus or a cut if UK government changes spending Barnet formula problem is it's not based on need yeah so everyone's pointing out the fact that it's not based on need it's not based on, on an actual you know it's not based on understanding what the transport needs are for, for in, in transport for example it's not based on understanding what the transport needs are for the given for a given region and then invest and then providing funding based on that on those needs you know for example driving more modal shift or you're getting a certain percentage of, of of people access to public transport. It's not based on that. It's it's based on a, it, it. It's if you can write it as a formula, then it's probably not a good way to be deciding on on strategic funding for a, for you know, two million people. Um. So, uh, here we go. So yeah, and there's this gets this gets heated politically. The discussions at Barnet Consequentials get very heated very quickly. I just want to point out that it's bobbins. And um, it's not a good basis on which to, to, to if, if you had no Welsh devolution, it would be not a good way to, to, to decide how much to invest in, in Wales as a region. For Wales as a devolved country, as a devolved principality, um, it is not a good way for Wales to get funding either. And, and actually, it's worth me setting out my stall. Wales should have substantially more uh, devolved power and substantially more devolved um uh, funding as well. It should have substantially more access to funding. Actually, ideally, all the regions, including England being split into federal regions, by the way, should have the ability to raise money directly themselves. They shouldn't have to do it through Treasury. They should be able to um, to borrow against, you know, borrow from the Bank of England directly themselves. Uh, we need a much weaker national government in the UK and we need a much stronger uh, regional government. Because if you look to the countries that do transport far better, particularly in terms of suburban transport networks, they have much stronger regions. You know, France, Germany have, have uh, and the Netherlands have much stronger regional government. Uh, we, we talked about this in the Institute for Government episode, actually. So skip back to that. It's a very long one, but it's quite interesting. Anyway, right. So the context is that we have a government that hates devolution. Cameron was quite pro-devolution. Uh, May, agnostic, she was preoccupied uh, with with whatever it was that was going on then. Uh, Boris, and particularly the cabal behind Boris, hate devolution. They absolutely hate it. They want rid of it. They want to destroy it. And so um, that's why we're seeing TFN getting stripped of powers. That's why we've seen Midlands Connect getting kneecapped. It's why we're seeing these arguments with Scotland and then particularly with Wales at the moment. So let's talk about HS2 Scotland and Wales. 
So let's talk. So let's, let's kind of go back to the video and unpick what was in the video. So there are some contradictions here, right? Some interesting contradictions. When it comes to HS2, Westminster, I've said government. I should actually I tell you, I can do this right now because I have the power. Westminster. Westminster. There we go. Perfect. Um, we have the power. So when it comes to Scotland, for HS2, Westminster predicts um, benefits. Uh, that, why, why, this is a dreadful slide. Uh, HS2 benefits. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's better, isn't it? Far better. Uh, Westminster predicts HS2 benefits for Scotland uh, and give and yet gives Scotland uh, a 10 billion consequential. However, for Wales, Westminster has predicted, despite the fact that Westminster predicts in its in its own business case analysis, predicts no benefits for Wales from HS2. That's its own analysis. We'll unpick that momentarily. And actually, some reports have suggested a disbenefit to places like Cardiff. Westminster is also calling HS2 an England and Wales project. Oh, I'm missing a this this is why I, uh yeah there we are i'm missing it there good oh god just dreadful um calls hs2 an england and wales project and gives wales no consequential so there is no consequential going to wales as a result of hs2 northern ireland does get a consequential i don't think it gets much of a consequential because it's population based but it does get a consequential um Westminster predicts no HS2 benefits, yet calls England and calls HS2 an England and Wales project and gives Wales no consequential. This is what I mean by the Barnett formula being a political tool. As a result of an entirely kind of partisan business case analysis, well, a business case analysis is useless for a railway line, you know, a rural railway line, let alone a strategic piece of infrastructure that spans the country, you know. I've already talked about this ad nauseum over and over again. Um... And so, uh, so the idea that there's an interesting question that Matt Reeves just asked about Wales being an independent country and cost, which I'll come back to because it's a very interesting one. So, uh, Wales, Westminster, no, but this is this this shows the Barnett formula is entirely political because because Westminster has decided to call HS2 England and Wales project uh, because this it, it, entirely in the face of the, the 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 analysis that's been done according to their own business cases, they are not giving Wales a consequential. It doesn't make any sense. Um, so. Here is a picture of here's a map a, a nice satellite view of 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 uh, Britain. Uh, ignore the fact that the Borders Railway or the bit of the Borders Railway that hasn't been built yet is there. It's because I've nicked these slides from a presentation I gave, which I will turn into a rail natter soon. By the way, it's going to be a, a cheap and easy rail natter episode when I when I've run out of ideas or I'm knackered and haven't got a guest lined up. Um, ignore that. So the first thing I'm going to address is before we get on to talking about the, the benefits and the disbenefits and, and those and the various layers of nonsense in the in the kind of the formal you know the not just the the business case analysis but also the the the, the justification of, of consequentials and, and the actual practical benefits uh, let's talk about what would happen if Scotland or let's talk about if they'd have access to more money if uh, if if these if if the bit this side and and the bit this side became their own country and the answer is Mm, uh, whether they'd have their own, whether they'd have more money to spend if they became their own country, the answer is, to my understanding, n no. Because if uh, people, ec economists, come in and correct me on this one, please. Um, <laughs> because they'd be using either euro or sterling, they wouldn't have their own currency. They wouldn't have their own uh, currency sovereignty, which means that they would not be that the governments would not be borrowing money from themselves 
which would mean that it would be much more difficult for them to borrow large sums of money in the way that the UK can currently borrow an indefinite amount of cash, essentially, with, without any problems. Uh, the limitation isn't in, in, the, in the amount of cash that the government can borrow. It's more in, in, in how quickly it can, that money could then be spent, practically. Um, so uh, that's my understanding, is that there are... Uh, and pro-independence people might challenge me on this. Bearing in mind, I'm, I'm at best agnostic these days. I'm increasingly of the idea that I don't care for the United Kingdom and its longevity anymore. Um, uh, when the angry nationalists who are fighting against HS2 were arguing against me, they obviously pushed me back the other way. It's the same with, with the really angry, fetid Scott Nats who do it. It's like they're the most unappealing. They, they do the best job of pushing people back to becoming pro-union. Anyway, um, so no, I don't think that Scotland and Wales independent would have been a better financial situation necessarily. But they would have more autonomy in terms of powers. And there's all sorts of other reasons why that's you know, potentially financially not a bad thing and, and, and so on and so forth. Anyway, that's that's kind of by the by. And to be honest, I'm not equipped to answer that question in much more detail. And I might have got that wrong. Feel free to kind of tackle me on that. Um, so uh, if you put HS2 here, right, so we're thinking about Scotland at this moment. You put HS2 here. When you get north of, of Wigan, so so from here onwards, there's a, there's the, the HS2 trains are going to be using the existing network, right, going up into Scotland, which means that, okay, in terms of benefits, Scotland gets, okay, it gets improved journey times. Great. That's, that's nice. But that's it. Oh, uh, and, and, and okay, it gets new trains, new trains, uh, which I suppose also merits a smiley face, maybe a kind of a slightly less less aggressive smiley face. So new trains, improved journey times. Okay, great. Uh, hmm, that's it. There's no funding in place for expansion of Glasgow Central. There's nothing about exp uh, kind of bypass lines anywhere, nothing else. It, arguably, you'd be uh, also, of course... To achieve the, the journey time benefits, what that means is uh, uh, reduced reduced capacity uh, for uh, for non HS services. Uh, it also means kind of uh, you know sort of uh, fewer fewer local services and uh, what else uh, less freight. This is this is what Scotland gets from HS2 as HS2 currently stands. HS2, and this comes back to the IRP and why the IRP has become has been allowed to become a thing is because government is upset. It just is totally stupidly single minded over, and it's only as a result of the how crap WebTag is, which is the transport appraisal guidelines that you establish business cases for transport. Trying to shape, trying to fit. Journey time, which is all off journey time. So, so WebTag is pretty much entirely built off improved journey times. So trying to build a business case that makes sense for a strategic piece of infrastructure like this off business times doesn't, it is just hopeless. It's a disaster. I should have put a screenshot from um, Alan Cook's stock take back when he was in charge of HS2. He did a stock take and he addressed this point. He said that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't include so many benefits, the business case. It just really looks at journey times. So by looking only at journey times, it, it looks like a good news story. So so you're like from here onwards, it's like, oh, yeah, tick, tick, that's nice. But down here, that's bad, that's bad, uh, that's bad. These are bad things. On the Essentially, Scotland, and this is, this is the, one of the things I find hardest to argue, is the benefits of HS2 for Scotland. Honestly, very difficult, because frankly, 
it's a bit touch and go as to whether there are any benefits for Scotland from HS2. Yes, that you've got the new trains, you've got the journey times, but actually, as it stands currently, the, the, the argument I make is that I'm not existing within a project tunnel. I'm looking for the future. I'm looking towards the fact that actually the benefits for Scotland are when, the, when high-speed segregation is extended up to the central belt, HS2 is beneficial because it'll mean that you've got the full high-speed connection, you get rid of domestic flights, you release capacity on the whole network as a result of the finished article. But as it currently stands, HS2 does not offer Scotland benefits. So if you exist within it, oh, I'm only going to imagine a world where the projects that this nasty government have put forwards are the world that is going to exist in 40 years, then HS2 doesn't offer benefits. The only way it offers benefits, where I make my arguments, is is as part of a picture. It's, it's the starting block, the building block, the first piece of expanding high-speed segregation around the country particularly up, you know, to the central belt and actually, you know, eventually uh, when we, when it comes to Wales, you know, down to, to certainly to, to Cardiff and then and then to Bristol as a justification for a new Severn Tunnel. We'll, we'll get there. Anyway, so this is, so this ultimately means that contrary to government's business case stuff, as we've discussed, uh, oh, as we're about to discuss, so so if you can imagine that, that that means, if you look at the Scotland Rail Map, oh yeah, yeah, I did a bigger one of these, didn't I? So yeah, so here's Scotland. Uh, ignore, ignore borders. Just, just ignore that. Um, it's an Easter egg for anyone who's interested. So HS2 trains will whiz up the West Coast Main Line. They'll go up into Glasgow Central, and they will go up into Edinburgh. And in doing so, will so on the West Coast Main Line uh, there and the West Coast Main Line there, and also on the um, on the kind of the 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 what is that? I can't remember what the ELR is, but anyway, basically on the on the lines, uh, the mid Calder lines, aren't they? The, these are the mid Calder, mid Calder, mid Calder line. These lines will be clogged up by HS2 trains, as will Glasgow Central, as will Waverley, um, clogged up by long trains, you know, causing a headache, and you know, as the plans currently stand. So my argument is that as plans currently stand, I'm not going to type this all out now. Um, no HS2 benefits for Scotland. Okay. Scotland. There we are. Controversial, right? Oh, I put my face. My face is in front of it. It doesn't matter. Um, it's just as plans are now. Uh, ish. There, are, you know, you can argue that there's still journey time improvements, and that's sort of useful. And blah, 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 blah. but I, I, for me, as someone who's like massively, um massively like pro local for me the reason hs2 is a good thing is because of its look it's the fact that it represents a local transport revolution i don't really care about the journey time benefits i think those are they're a very useful side effect they justify you getting rid of domestic flights but they aren't in and of themselves um, the major benefit the major benefit is local services um scotland is 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 has a let's say a marginal benefit at best let's say that marginal benefit at best um and if you look at the the kind of the rail map the service the, Scotland has no good, nice service maps, partly because the network's a bit more complicated than Wales. Wales has a really nice service map, which I'm going to bring up in a minute. But you can imagine you've got you've got issues kind of... Oh, that, that's yellow. Anyway, you've, you've got a mess down here. You've got messes... I need a... But let's get a different pen colour. Pointer options. Let's get a, let's get a nice purple one up. Let's, let's do that. So you're, you're clogging up Glasgow Central. You're clogging up Edinburgh Waverley. You're clogging up the lines down here and up here. Actually making a bit of a mess of services in Scotland. Skip to Wales, however, and it's a different story because, um, uh, yes, HS2 trains will replace the current London-bound services, but they will also, they'll be running more frequently 
Um, and they also do things like splitting across stairs, although I don't know whether that's still actually in the plan. So, that, yes, they're kind of going to be sitting in amongst where the current services are. But, for example, a real challenge at the moment for the freight industry uh, is the fact that... Um, is the fact that there is currently what's be, what's called a, a rebaselining of um, so so down. This I've just coloured a big purple dot on top of Carlisle on top of Carlisle in both directions from Carlisle. Uh, big arrow being drawn in both directions here. Uh, there's what's being called that for the HS2 timetable. There's what's being what's called a rebaselining happening. A rebaselining of the timetable. Um, and to get the proposed HS2 timetable, it, they're looking at reducing the number of freight paths on the West Coast Main Line. The West Coast Main Line is the main is the the freight connection between Scotland and England. So that's a problem. It's a real problem. Um, so anyway, let's go back to Wales, where they've got this lovely network map showing where all the services go. Now, some issues here. Firstly, uh, you'll notice that this is there's, there's Birmingham Street. You also notice this is Manchester Piccadilly. And to a lesser extent, admittedly, uh, here's Crewe. Uh, yes. Now, the thing you'll, the thing that unifies these three stations is that all of them uh, are being uh, there we are, uh, are being rebuilt uh, ish by HS2 uh, or uh, or replaced. Uh, obviously, in the case of in the case of Brum. Because uh, you're getting the new Curzon Street terminal station. Uh, da, 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 lovely. What a dreadful sketch. Anyway, um, those three stations. Now, what what you'll notice is that quite a lot. You know, you, you've got the services out to the Cambrian Line, which is which doesn't represent a huge population, but does uh, kind of is, is certainly a lifeline. You've got perhaps more. I'd say, well, not perhaps, definitely more importantly, you've got the connecting services that run up to um, up into uh, Chester and then out towards uh, Hollyhead. So you've got the, the kind of those services there that running that way. Crew is a particularly important connection. Uh, it's a connection for people kind of around the whole this whole area of the of the kind of the northeast, this this sort of the borderlands line, and then the northwest mainline, uh, the North Wales mainline. Sorry, and then Manchester Piccadilly, which again uh, is connected in Chester, uh, Manchester Piccadilly. All of these the, the, uh, sort of these three are all interconnected uh, in the way that the service patterns all interrelate with each other, and even. And even if you have, um, even if you consider the fact that the majority, okay, a lot of these remain fairly self-contained. Um, so, so you know, the, the you know the, the 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 Cardiff to Holyhead route, for example, is is kind of uh, isn't affected by that. You know, North Wales mainline can can be separated from Pick and Crew. Um, but you, the reflection, the, the kind of the ripple effects you get from delays invariably ripple their way through Wales uh, and, and, and cause impacts. So not only are you getting the benefits, you know, the reason people pick on the... So I use the Aberystwyth example, not because it's the most important thing for Wales, but because it's the least... It's, it's, it's a trivial thing, but it shows a benefit echoing out right out to kind of miles away from 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 kind of any miles away from hs2 this is why i use the Aberystwyth example because it, it, it's so far from hs2 it's such and yet it's gaining a benefit people again go yeah but the thing that's a constraint on the cambrian line is the fact that it's single track most of the way and you know yeah yeah but double tracking the cambrian line is easy and you could do that in a few years it's a project that you could you could finish doubling the whole thing in 10 years and it would cost less than the whole you know less than the price of curzon street Whereas building a high speed line requires enormous lengthy amounts of, of kind of, you know, 
processes of the design, the consultation is decades and decades and decades. Whereas doing something like doubling, you know, in terms of like practically doubling that that line could take should take a lot less and would cost a lot less. So we're operating on different timescales here. For me, I'm looking at 2050 as a horizon. Uh, likewise, North Wales Main Line. A lot of people, say, you know, they're. Having done work on certain parts of the Welsh Railway Network over the last sort of uh, various, you know, quite three or four years now, I've worked on various bits of the, the Welsh Rail Network, where when we're looking at you know new stations or or potential service upgrades, invariably I I find myself coming up to this station and this station and this station as a constraint. You know, as our our, cons- our, our subcontractors that we get in to do some of the modelling say, oh, actually that's reliant on on paths freed at Birmingham or paths freed at Piccadilly so it always comes back to these stations which are being having massive amounts of capacity released at them by HS2 so it just is not viable to say that there is no benefit to uh, to Wales from HS2 it just isn't viable and to a you know to a to a lesser extent you get the benefits for places like uh, Cardiff. We're going to come back to Cardiff momentarily, and the fact that this a lot of this is because of it's because it's falling into the trap of having a very Cardiff-centric view of Wales. But you go back to Cardiff. Cardiff gets a benefit from HS2 because arguably it's a far better and quicker connection up to the rest of the country. Ignore London. Far better, bit quicker connection to the rest of the country to to connect at uh, to actually go over to to kind of Old Oak Common and then connect up on HS2 uh, to the rest of the country than it is to kind of piddle along on the on the welsh marches line you know or what you know or, or you know this is this or even kind of going for the heart of wales line and getting up to birmingham it's probably quicker to go be interesting to look at the numbers it's probably quicker from swansea um from swansea to uh let's say birmingham new street i bet it's quicker to go welsh like uh south wales main line and then old common up than it is to to trundle along the uh the the heart of wales line um so <sighs> yeah, exasperations. It's just not via anyone trying to suggest that there is no benefit to Wales is just lying. They just make it. They're just saying a thing to make a political point. Now, why is that an issue? Um, uh, oh, that was time. That was the slide that I was hoping it was going to be. What of the arguments that there are no Welsh benefits from HS2? Well, here's um, here's Professor Mark Berry. Now, is it Mark Berry or Mark Barry? Have I gone and uh, have I gone? Where is he? Mark, where are you? Let me, let me not embarrass myself. Mark Barry. Sorry, Mark. Professor Mark Barry. This video is an interesting video. Go and watch it. Uh, I'll put a link in the description. Um, it's a good video, actually. And as ever with Mark and I, we agree on basically 95% of stuff. <laughs> like, I agree with most of it, pretty much everything he says. Uh, very good uh, proponent for sustainable transport in Wales. Um, uh, follow him on Twitter. Lots of really good analysis. Mark and I agree on most stuff, right? This isn't a this isn't some beef that I have with with Mark over anything that we agree on pretty much everything. Just this singular point. And actually, I've commented on the video. I agree with pretty much a good summary. I agree with everything in there. The issue, though, it falls back on the fact that uh, the reason I put Mark up is because a lot of the politicians and a lot of people who make the arguments about HS2 fall back onto Mark's work on HS2 and Welsh devolution and funding. Um, so. This is why Mark's here. It's not because I'm beefing with Mark. I'm not beefing with Mark. I I, I, I dare say if Mark and I sat in a pub, we'd have pretty much everything we'd have to say to each other, we'd agree with and we'd have a great time. Uh, solidly agree with pretty much everything Mark says, except the idea that there is any usefulness in tying HS2 into pro-devolution and pro-Welsh fund, transport funding arguments. Um, now, why? Why? 
uh, oh, other, so there's two blogs that, that, that uh, Mark has written. These two blogs. Um, one of them was back in 2020, start of 2020, which is uh, Wales and HS2. And then there's a more recent one, uh, kind of just over a year later, which was as part of a submission to the Welsh Affairs Select Committee. Um, uh, these two, which is, which is a bit more up to date. Now, both of these fall into the trap of relying on uh, the Treasury's uh, business case assessments of HS2, which comes right back to the fact that those um, the, the, that business case modelling that finds a, a big benefit for Scotland finds a disbenefit for Wales, mostly because of its disbenefit it finds for Cardiff, actually. So again, there's a bit of a bias here in that it's, it's looking at Cardiff, it's, 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 it's exacerbating Cardiff central views of Wales. But that modelling is bobbins because it ignores release capacity benefit. Now, in Mark's video, he very sensibly explores why it omits that and why it's difficult to include some of that analysis. I agree with that. It's why I argue that Treasury business case modelling is uh, not only not fit for purpose, but it shouldn't be used. You know, business case modelling is not a useful way to model major strategic infrastructure investment. Um, that's like the, that's kind of my running theme of the whole of rail matter is trying to push the case that business case modeling is not that, that there needs to be lots of my episodes you'll see I'm, I'm talking about uh, looking at demographics looking at modal shift using these as a way to derive the need for what transport should be doing and then funding it on that basis you know I, I, I much prefer the, that approach than going right how much money do we have and how can we pretend that um, that this analysis based on journey times justifies spending that money. It's just not, you know, we need to tr rip the system up. And so the problem with using Treasury's business case uh, modeling, you know, the, the, the web tag modeling, the transport appraisal guidelines modeling, which is for the Department for Transport, which in turn is, is compliant with the Treasury's green book. So it's following the green book rules. The reason why this is absolutely flawed is you know, this Treasury. I just put up a picture of Treasury. Yeah, green book rules, which, so, so web tag, um, Transport appraisal guidelines are DFT rules, which in turn are, are, are entirely at the behest of Treasury. Using that as a basis to argue the case for, for, for a better funding settlement for Wales is using Treasury rules to argue the case for changing Treasury rules, which doesn't make sense. That's not a good basis on which to argue the, the absolute good and proper and right case for more devolution and funding uh, for, for Wales, for Welsh transport and for other, other, other kind of not just transport, but other things, of course, but, but in this case, transport. So don't use Treasury rules to argue the case for changing Treasury rules. It's not a good thing to do. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, it's 1953. Uh, you know, I've talked extensively, in, and I'm going to explore it more and more, and hopefully more detail. I had so much fun when I did this analysis for the Welsh Railway Network. You know, I, I, I'm a strong proponent of the need for more, much more funding in Wales for Welsh regional transport. Well, I have this um, graphic kind of up reminding us of that episode we did. When was it? What should the Welsh Railway uh, uh, Network look like? One of the challenges you've got in, in, in this... Wait a minute, if I scribble on here, will it do anything? No, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, one of the challenges you've got is that the, the 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 a lot of the discussion of transport in uh, in Wales centres around Cardiff, centres around Cardiff and Newport, and and to a lesser extent uh, Swansea. It centres around the south uh, South Wales. A lot of the discussion is, and and you know to an extent. Rightly so. There's a huge, uh, you know, huge amount of the economy of Wales relies on a, a powerful South Wales. You know, relying on on powerful uh, on the strength of, of 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 that of that urban conurbation and the valleys feeding into it. But a lot of the discussions are are focused on that at the expense of other very important areas. In particular, uh, this area here, which is the northeast. 
Now, some of that comes into, as we discussed uh, in the last, oh, I don't know, I mean, it might have been just Rebecca and I discussing it after the episode, actually. We discussed to an extent, there's a limited extent of that, is a little bit of, well, are they proper Welshies up there? Because are they not just English up there? On the, on the, you know, there's a little bit of that coming in. Not from Mark, not from the people, that I'm sure not from you know major politicians at the top, no. But there's a, a little bit of that that can creep in, is undermining the fact that there's serious value to investing in the connections of the, the northeast of Wales as well. Um but also you can get lost a bit in the fact that, you know, particularly in the HS2 benefits is that you, you're thinking about the, the you're thinking about the population and, and think about the South Wales Metro as a thing that's that's worth absolutely right to be invested in too right at the expense of the value in looking at modal shift and the values of modal shift for, for pollution in those other parts of the country as well. So um, a massive advocate for improvements. Uh, also, yeah, Mark, Mark uh, rightly is sceptical over the need for this bit here. Uh, the connection. Oh, I said this bit. This bit. Sorry. Uh, the connection here from uh, this bit here. This connection. Carmarthen uh, to Aberystwyth. Uh, Mark is rightly sceptical of the value of a rail, a heavy rail connection there. As am I. As you know from this analysis, where I say that the investment that if you're going to invest in north-south connectivity in Wales, which I think you should, I think there should be that connection. It's this axis here. It's, it's along the borders, basically. At some point, we'll do an episode where we look at what exactly what that might look like. That could be fun. We might make it the next Crane East episode, right? Uh, I'll just do it in the episode anyway. Um, and indeed, Mark has done a fantastic blog. I'd recommend you go and read it about transport planning choices for for what Wales needs to be doing, what the cha- what the, what the initial challenge is going to be, not just looking at South Wales Metro, but but looking beyond that. And in fact, in that blog is where he talks about um, that the Carmarthen to Aberystwyth link is probably not worth pursuing. There, there are better things to be doing. So, lots of good. You know, <clears throat> I argue vigorously for the absolutely vigorously, super vigorously for the. Um, for the need for more investment, more devolution. Uh, so, so basically for, for Wales to be able to make decisions about what Welsh transport should look like and for them to have the funding to make those decisions stick and actually become a physical thing. But coming back to this tweet, coming back to the credible argument, you know, this this use, bringing HS2 into it. So, so false arguments about HS2 taking money away from Wales, lies. False arguments about there being no benefits from HS2 for Wales, it's not true. It isn't true. We've shown that this is it is not true. The problem with um, bringing falsehoods into arguments with, um, you know, if your arguments for more Welsh powers and funding are based on a lie, you know, if, if you're using nonsense, if you're using things that are demonstrably untrue uh, to make those arguments, those arguments are not going to get very far. They're going to fall over. It's just not, uh, it really is not a good, it really is not a good way to make a, a very necessary and right argument about the mess that is Barnet, about the problems that are associated with um, with Welsh funding, particularly for transport. So, oh, lots of things in there that uh, that I've I've wibbled on about. Uh, if I go big face, any questions on that before we move on? Because, uh, <clears throat> oh, actually, you know what? Store up the questions, and we'll go through the questions at the end. We'll do the Q and A bit at the end. I'll do the I'll do me end babble first, right? Let's get rid of me face. Uh, so, audio only form. Uh, of the podcast. Uh, oh, I didn't do that. I haven't done last week. Sorry, that's my fault. I now I, I forgot that I'm supposed to be the one who does podcasts, uh, downloading and uploading now. So I, I'm a week behind. Sorry about that. It'll be coming up soon. Don't worry. And then I'll I'll do this one as well. So they'll both come out at the same time. Um. So uh, yeah, you'll get two Welshy Welshy episodes for the price of one. Uh, or indeed no price at all because they're free. Uh, audio only. Um. The the, the usual ads. A uh, Patreon. Uh, I need to put on my lounge music for this bit, don't I? Anyway, Patreon. Uh, for for Patreon.com slash Gareth Dennis to support this, to make more of it happen. 
Uh, paypal.me slash Gareth Dennis to support this, but just with loose change and without committing to anything and um, without any kind of additional benefits. Uh, the merchandise, if you still fancy it, uh, I'm going to be putting a new mug up. A Boris the Treasury mug is going up. Uh, do make your mug suggestions. Um, and garethdennis.co.uk slash Discord is where to go for basically more of the YouTube chat, which I have been paying attention to, not perhaps as much as you'd like, but I have been watching it. Um, there's lots of, of chat going. If you want me to see your questions, at me, by the way. So from this point on, I'm going to be looking back through questions. Um, so at my name, and then I can see your questions. It's nice and easy for me to see them. Another thing, a, a little tidbit. Uh, I have done a thing which hopefully makes Railnet more accessible for new for new viewers. Uh, Railnet collection playlists. I have done these. Uh, now, can I make this work? So if we go into YouTube, here is YouTube. Here is YouTube. Here's my here's my uh, YouTube channel. So Gareth Dennis's YouTube channel, the home of Rail Natter, amongst other things. Yeah, right. That's that's what this is. So if you go down, I've changed this. So uh, at the top page, there's, there's, there's either the, the does... Actually, if I F5 this, I think it'll probably be... Oh, it's saying that it's live. Well, it is live. I suppose that's true. Uh, but normally it's got the video of me on the sofa with uh, uh, Keely. Anyway, uh, the next one is uh, Rail Natter... Um, sorry, that was me thinking. I was thinking whether it was that video or was another, whether I put a rail natter up as my like hosted video. And also, if you're coming back to it, if you're new to it, it has the 225 video, I think, still. Anyway, uh, below that is just all of rail natter, which starts with my really shonky pilot, which is dreadful, and then the increasingly less dreadful and a bit more professional-looking episodes. But given that I was like, well, is that the best introduction for people? I've started creating collections, which are hopefully useful, which are... Um, uh, so, so there's these collections here, and I've got they're all I've limited them, so I think there's about ten of them. So there's there's guests, there's uh, actually if I click here, you can see see all of them here. So yeah, there's guests, there's policy, there's engineering, there's history, there's there's network, there's miscellanea, uh, challenges, myths, tours, calamities, and skills are kind of all the themes. I think I've got space for like one more if if I come up with if I realise I've not categorised a, a rail net properly. But what I've got is that every single episode has attached to it two. Uh, one or two of these, no more, just one or two of them, um, of these collections. So if you want to go in and watch all the ones that are about, for example, uh, calamities, then you can do this that. This has all been built on. Uh, that's me, uh, before I had, I had squiggles around my face. Uh, and, and we've got things that involve uh, calamities. If you want to learn about calamities, then 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 they're included in there. Um, if you want to... Uh, oh, I can't go back because I've not got... Wait a minute, let me just... Uh, back there we are uh if you want uh, how do i there we are uh, <laughs> professional as ever if you want all the guest episodes then um it's, it's, oh, it's mike hello mike uh that was a while ago wasn't it then you've got all the guest episodes in there so you can watch all the guest episodes in which there are plenty i'm pleased to say i need to have some more but it's about it's about half the episodes of guest episodes which is nice so I've created this. Hopefully this is uh, useful. If you are have suggestions or, or whatever, uh, let me know. But that is the, that's a new feature that I've added that you can go in and explore, particularly for new people. Uh, you can go in and explore kind of themes that you find interesting. So policy, so, so it's a bit of an explainer for all, a very quick explainer because I've busted the hour, I know, so I'm sorry. Uh, so guests is pretty self-evident. Policy is about... Um, People might think, oh, those are boring ones. They're not. They're 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 all, but but it's where policy is a key feature. Where where I'm talking about tech uh, context and 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 kind of uh, pol politics behind things. Engineering is is generally like OLE, P-Way, uh, you know, signaling things like that that fall into. Actually, talking about nuts and bolts goes into engineering. Trains as well go in there. Uh, history is 
pretty self-evident. Uh, network is, is a bit more going into talking about the actual network, you know, new bits, potential bits, crane Easting goes in there. Miscellaneous, all the stuff that doesn't fit. So kind of all the random bits and pieces like Tim's episodes and, and various and, and specials and things like that. Um, challenges is, is, is essentially the weather versus, epi- or, you know, sorry, the, the, the railways versus weather, the railways versus climate change episodes, uh, plus a few others. Myths are things like Woodhead, uh, Great Central, uh, standard gauge that they're all in there tours are the live are generally are the live episode uh, the live the, the pre-record episodes where i'm somewhere plus when i start doing more scenic rail tours green rail natters when i start doing more green rail natters they'll be in there as well calamities we talked about and then skills there's not much in there uh, i potentially might change that but anyway at the moment i, I want to talk about more about skills coming up so skills is, is a thing that i think will get more in there but skills is in there as a theme so that's it's a new thing I've introduced. Hopefully uh, interesting, hopefully a useful uh, extra little bit for everyone. Uh, any suggestions, uh, I'd be... Uh, um, yeah, oh, for anyone say Yeah, the guest collection are also split. So there are two. So every generally every video has t- two. Um, uh, so, so the guest ones, for example... Uh, actually, we could just go and have a look. So if I... Oh, 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 oh. Let's go into guests. Uh, if I go buses, in to say... Uh, buses, um, cars, uh, whatever. And here. I think one of the reasons we... Sorry, Mike. Let's pause you there. So, for example, if you go into... Uh, da, 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 yeah, let's go into uh, Coils on Rails. Everybody the fact you're on episode 28. And it's how... It's Dr. DT. Um, uh, you'll see that in terms of playlists, this is on... Uh, oh, you can't actually see it, but if I go here, you can see on my save to playlist, it's it's in, in the real overall rail now one, and it's in guests, and it's in history. So it, it, it'll do both. So so they are, that answers your question. So that's that. Hopefully that's uh, useful. Uh, I'm not seeing any questions appearing, actually. Do send... To, 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 oh, yeah, there are some questions. I'll, I'll maybe screw up to find any. So uh, next week, uh, Samir Jerai is uh, coming in. Uh, Jerai, I... Samir, I'm going to ask you how to pronounce your last name. I'm, uh, I should have done that before. Apologies. Um, uh, the Collapse of Carillion. Uh, it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, we're going to talk about Carillion. And... Um, we're going to talk about whether, uh, you know, what, what, why is this coming? Why, why is this relevant now? Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the significance for the, inf- for the for the industry, for for wider wider issues and implications as associated with um, uh, with outsourcing. Uh, pick through some of that, but Samir is going to kind of give an outline of what happened, and we'll we'll pick through some of those themes. That should be interesting. That's the next episode. I'm looking forward to that one. So let's get my big old face back. Uh, here it is. Oh, any questions? from all of you uh let's go through so we had quite a lot of reds earlier uh, i thought i was going to weather korean easter weatherby oh yeah yeah i will do weatherby that's a good point weatherby we're going to do weatherby we're going to do weatherby or we're going to do um out to market wheaton and beyond i can't remember um southwest mainline west of bristol parkway is bad even if it's electrified oh yeah for sure uh, why do tre- why does Treasury do business case modelling for transport related projects anyway? Why not the DFT? Well, the DFT do do it, but the DFT do it according to the to WebTag, which is the Transport Appraisal Guidelines, which in turn are oh yeah, just noticed that it's actually a bit, bit better, isn't it? I've not had these on. No, oh, no, that is better. That is a bit clearer and less jittery. There's more light. Um, uh, so WebTag is the are the Transport Appraisal Guidelines that DFT use. To appraise to create business cases, which are in turn compliant with Treasury's um, Green Book, so de facto and ultimately it's just done for Treasury. That's just the Treasury just outsourced that to the DFT. So that's why. Uh, let's go up. Uh, point was uh, more okay. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, will HS two take Edinburgh bound trains off the East Coast Mainline? No. 
um, uh, why is why is it that the West Coast Main Line is the freight connection London to Scotland? Just because it's 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 electrified uh, and it's got the capacity, it's got more capacity than the East Coast Main Line. Uh, it's got the gauge clearance. It was W nine cleared quite a long time ago, so it's the natural. Simon's on here probably, so he can tell you in more detail. In fact, he might well have already done so. But it, generally, that's the container the, the container traffic route, which is the majority of traffic across the border is 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 up the West Coast Main Line. Um, yeah. So what else? Let's go down to the bottom. What other questions have we got? Oh, uh, next week. What did it? People are asking about buffer stops. Buffer stops is going to be happening this weekend with about twenty people. I decided to press ahead with it, but just with half the number of people for COVID reasons to minimize to, to minimize the risk of spreading it about. Um, so that is going ahead this weekend. So you'll be seeing that in a couple of episodes. That'll be episode ninety nine. Um, so I'm pre recording it with a with a live audience. So that's a bit scary because it means I've got to entertain an audience. Oh, will I manage it? I don't know. It might be a disaster. Uh, da, da, da. Could I do an episode on the South Wales main line and how to improve it? Quite possibly. Uh, what order should we build other high speed lines in? And should Wales and Scotland get prioritised over England getting more? Oh, I can't answer that. It's that becomes a politics question, not a. You know, it becomes a question of politics over. You know, it becomes a question of who. And a lot of the a lot of the reason why Wales is getting fobbed off is because this current government feels like Wales is further away from independence becoming a reality, whereas it's it. Part of the reason why the 10 billion went to Scotland is because they knew if that didn't go to Scotland, it absolutely it, that was happening at the time when uh, the, the, in the run up to the referendum as well. They knew absolutely knew that if um, uh, that if Scotland didn't get a Barnet consequential, that it would really bolster the um, the the case for uh, for independence. So so that. That is that has to be the key thing in mind that you have to bear in your mind in mind at the moment is that they that, that Westminster and this government this particularly this really kind of English nationalist government they they realise that Scotland is a lot further down the road towards becoming independent than Wales is and so they can basically not they can fob Wales off also the SNP feel like more direct competitors, uh, not direct competitors, they feel more threat. SNP Tory is an easier vote split. People are more comfortable, be- Tories are more comfortable voting SNP. Whereas in Wales, um, the government, you know, it's a Labour government and they and Plaid potentially feel ostensibly more, even though it's not necessarily true, Plaid feel ostensibly a little bit more left of centre than SNP do. SNP are quite centre with a lot of new members who are pulling it leftwards. Plaid has always had a bit of a, again, perhaps incorrectly, a feels a bit more uh, left adjacent. Uh, the government can just ham- also want to just hammer. They, they don't necessarily see the benefits of just hard hammering um, uh, uh, Scotland, whereas they can just they, they want to hammer Wales because it's a lab- they want they want Labour to look bad. They want Labour to look like this they're suffering. Oh, so um, Detour is answering questions that I've not spotted. Sorry, thanks Detour. Uh, yes. Uh, Labour, <laughs> people say Labour is unionist. They are in England. They are in Scotland. They are at best agnostic to the union in Wales, uh, and it's really important to realise that 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 that, that Labour in Wales is playing a much cleverer game than Labour in Scotland are. Hence, why they exist in Wales and they do not exist anymore in Scotland. Very interesting to explore the the politics behind that, but probably for another day. Well, since no other HS2 questions have appeared, no one's got really angry in the chat with me about any of this, so I presume that people who are angry about it haven't turned up. But uh, thanks for your time. That's been fun. Uh, And, yeah, I'm going to go down and have some grub. I'm going to finish this half a mug of... 
what was delicious but is now very cold. Tea, cold tea is not drinkable. Cold cold coffee is doable. Cold tea, no. So we went from me being very happy about the tea at the start of the episode to me now being very sad about the tea, uh, which feels like a good place to end. Everyone, you've been lovely. I'm looking forward to next week's episode. It's going to be fun. Uh, informed guest is good. Um, so, uh, uh, David, we've we've addressed that question in the Northern Ireland episode. Well, yes, so fine. Right. Oh. Good night, everyone. <laughs> good night. Good night. Please be standing for the Welsh national anthem. Ta-da!